Are you a professional optimized business? Time to look at Northern Peugeot Bandura to further professionalize your fleet with their updated commercial van range. The team at Northern Peugeot Bandura can help customize your fleet to your business needs. Stock arriving now, so secure your van and beat the rush before the end of financial year madness. Visit northernpeugeot.com.au or call 9119-9008. TNC Supply. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Hello and welcome to another edition of the State of Our Football Nation here on FNR. And uh, I'm Pekua Frimpong in the studio, but as always we are joined by the wonderful George Zanikian. George, how are you? Uh, I'm all right, uh, Pekua. I've uh, managed to survive the trials and tribulations that, um, you know, I suppose, uh, showcased themselves throughout this week, over this past week. I was watching the EPL and then I was watching the Champions League and I've, I've said to myself, there is no easy game anymore, as it should be. They're, they're hugely professional leagues. They're, they're big clubs. They've got super players. Uh, but my God, have we seen some massive upsets over the last week. And um, along the lines of uh, all those Panathinaikos fans, um, uh, there's a there's a group of Arsenal fans in Australia at the moment sitting on the edge of their seats, not quite sure what's going to happen in the last two or three games. But I'm with you, Pakur. <laughs> Good pre- luck. I appreciate it, George. I, I don't I don't think it's going to happen, but if it did, it would be an incredible story and uh, it would be fantastic. So a lot of teams have got to do us a favour, but I don't think it's going to happen. But <laughs> How it's long right. would it take you to come down if if the if you're Gunners or Gunners uh, get up and actually do the remarkable and claim the title of the champions of the English Premier League. I, I don't think I would. Uh, I don't think I would be okay for a couple of seasons because I went through a lot. I went through a lot in high school being an Arsenal fan. It was not an easy time, but we are in uh, the. We are in a great, great spot at the moment. Even if we don't win it all uh, this you, season, has you been know, our, for us. Our, our first guest. He's going to join us via Zoom in a moment. Um, he he's been following. He's a lifelong Panathinaikos fan in Greece, and he his side was leading all comers for nearly the entire season, and then something happened. Uh, let's welcome the uh, commercial man at uh, Football Victoria, Paul Iliopoulos. Uh, Paul, what happened to your Panathinaikos, mate? George, um, I was hoping you start on a positive rather than a negative, <laughs> but um, look, I, I'm happy to take it on board. I did. Uh, Probably showing my age now, I did take um, a lot of uh, success with Panathinaikos while I lived a little bit in in Greece. So I'm happy to say that. But at the moment, I I, I don't talk uh, Greek football because it's uh, it's very frustrating and too painful. Is that right? That's correct. Yes, yeah. so I've, I've had to. Um, we've got a family that's a bit divided in terms of uh, the three the three teams that that they support and. Um, me being Panathinaikos at the moment, I'm getting a lot of stick and have been for a while. And anyway, it is what it is, and uh, I still support it. But um, yeah, I, I tried to sort of um, steer away from that conversation. But thanks anyway for bringing it up. Any advice for Pakua in the event that should things go wrong? Um, no, I, I guess you know you need to be proud. Um, you need to say that um, you know that they've had an amazing season. And the ones that are really fanatical, you're going to cop it and, and you know, it is it is what it is. But 
you know, think about next year. Paul, I've already got the summer signings ready. I've already got my posts about how wonderful season it's been for Arsenal and th- there's no failure yeah. for us. I've already got yeah. all the posts ready. Uh, Paul, let's get on to the business side of things. You're the uh, corporate and, and, uh, and I suppose commercial operations guy at Football Victoria these days, which is terrific. Mm-hmm. They're doing some interesting stuff. Uh, tomorrow morning, there's a breakfast. And it's not where you normally have it. It's at Ultra Football in Abbotsford. That's correct. Yes. Yeah, so, Tell me about it. Tell me about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, for starters, Ultra Football is one of our partners. Um, yep. So we, we do a lot of work with them. Um, they support a lot of our programs um, internally, externally. So um, I guess thinking outside the square in general about business these days is what works. Um, it, it is a breakfast, you're 100% right. So it's a two hour event that we're going to do in the morning and happy to have you be part of that. Um, and, and we sort of want to network and, and have all our existing and new partners be involved in, in this journey again. It's a platform that, that's been, you know, been around for Football Victoria for about seven years. Um, we've predominantly just, you know, uh, we've had guests, we've done a lot of awards, we've done many things on this platform. We've inherited and, and networked with with partners that support our programs, but yeah, tomorrow's going to be a little bit different. You know, we just want to sort of want to go out there and, and listen to a couple of things, and then also allow our our business platform to network. Now, does that mean I don't have to wear a suit and I can put on my boots and my and my club top and rock in, or do I still have to sort of watch out for my p's and q's? George, we're extremely humble. You never, you never have to wear your suit at our function. So, <laughs> um, not not at all. I mean, it's purely a um, a casual, um, neat sort of um, networking breakfast. Nothing, okay. more, nothing less. All right. So, yeah. The last time I was there, and I and I asked this question advisedly. The last time I went to a community and business breakfast uh, for Football Victoria, they said to me it was going to be at a quiet affair. It was sold out. Uh, and the other thing they told me is we had no special guests. And then Ange walked into the room, Ange Postacoglu. Well, mayhem broke out. And this was still before he had taken over the reins at Celtic. He had just become champion of Japan with uh, Yokohama uh, Marinos. And what am I hearing now? I'm hearing that Celtic are going to tour Asia mm-hmm. and they're going to play in Japan. And who are they playing first up? It'll be Hostokoglu against Musket. Yes, that's not a bad that's not a bad rap for Victorian football, is it? A um, couple of local boys. Hundred percent. We 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 love them. They love us. I mean, um, look, the, the reality is, you know, just going back one step in terms of surprises at our events, we we always have you know that the likes of Ange and Kevin's that want to attend our events, right? So. You know, whether it's a last-minute thing to say, hey, you know, you've got an event coming. I mean, we always do invite them regardless. But yep. if they happen to be in the in the country and definitely in the state, they're always there, um, which is great, right? I mean, tomorrow our CEO, uh, Kim Montalladoros, will be there. So, you know, he, he's another one that's very well-respected. Yeah, yeah, another socceroo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct, right. So, And there's always going to be, you know, representation from A-League and then AFA and so on. So... Yeah. Let me age you. Um, uh, I can remember a time uh, when I was at the Wide World of Sports at Channel 9 
doing coverage of the then NSL, and there was this young guy terrorizing defenses. His name was Kim Ontaliadoris. And yes. I remember a game at, at the, the late great Olympic Park. It was Sydney Olympic, South Melbourne, 5 3. And guess who got a hat trick? Yes, yes, Kimon, Kimon. Yeah. And he was, and he was lethal, lethal. Just fantastic mm. stuff. The energy was through the roof. And, you know, had there been a roof at, uh, at, at the old uh, Olympic Park, we, we would have ripped it open. Uh, it was just yeah. fantastic. Uh, mm. Let's get back to some of the things that are going on. It's a very busy year for football, uh, the round ball code in Australia. Despite what uh, other sports are saying and what they're doing, no one can challenge that the biggest sporting event in the world for women is going to be happening in Australia come June, July. Um, or July, August. Can you imagine anything more exciting? George, I I don't know how to hide my enthusiasm, but in general, <laughs> right, um, yep. th- there's two massive events that have happened within 12 months, right? So we've had our Socceroos that have had an amazing yep. um, result um, in the World Cup. But having a World Cup within 12 months um, here in Australia and, and, and women's, you know, George, it's just, you know, it's really exciting for, for us, for football, for women, for, for whichever angle and platform you want to look at it, it it's yeah. extremely exciting. We've got we've got an actual, you know, massive project. We're, we're building the home of the Matildas here in Victoria, um, which is about to finish. So that alone, it's a home for football. You know, it's 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 a project where it's um, designed by women for women, then we've got, you know, the Women World Cup within, you know, a month. And then we're moving into that. There's just, I mean, the, the, the sport keeps growing, not only globally, but in Australia. But there's also a lot of excitement. And Pakua might just jump in here. Um, I just heard that uh, Preston, who are also very, very keen to be back in the big time, um, have uh, grabbed a, a young girl called Emma Checker. Yeah. And brought her to the club where this is a young girl who was playing. Uh, the uh, A League Liberty Women's, so they're not they're not looking to hide. They're looking to, as they say, boost their platform, bring in uh, more stars, and really give the younger players who haven't had a chance to play with quality or, or such quality a chance to see out the remainder of the season. What have you made of that news? Is that for for? For Preston, for Preston, the Preston women's. I I think it's going to keep happening, George. Um, I think that's the first step, and then there's going to be a lot that are coming back. I mean, you start from overseas, your Sam Kerr's, which are, you know, um, leading headlines, and then that's just going to filter through. I mean, the game keeps going, and then I think there'll be people that just want to get more and more involved, you know. We had Western United that, you know, uh, debuted in the the women's um, league, and they made the final, right? Um, So there's a lot of investment. There's a Pakua, lot of Pakua you know, kept telling me Pakua kept telling me all season, watch out for Western United. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be a threat. They're not going away. Yeah, and uh, she was uh, spot on. So mm. is this is this showing up in your uh, in your business? Are you seeing more commercial people wanting to be partners of Football Victoria and and of course the game? Hundred um, percent. They're easier conversations now. I think they're, they're a lot easier these conversations. Yep. Um, I think the whole diversity and, and where we've got a massive project that we're going to the, you know, the 50-50 equity. We want more women to get involved because that's what the future holds. And that's where, you know, that's what we want to do. So 
all that investment from commercial, from businesses, from, you know, every platform is evident um, and, and makes conversations easier. So full support on, on many levels. So if people want to get involved with Football Victoria, and of course, as we as you mentioned a little earlier, the home of the Matildas is nearing completion. And of course, the Disney Channel has been showing us the um, the Matildas documentary series. So the, the buzz continues to build. Uh, how do they go about approaching you, Paul? What's the best way to reach out? Um, uh, for starters, I'm very easy. <laughs> I'm very easy to, uh, to, to find. But um, um, my, my email address through Football Victoria is paul.iliopoulos. So it is a Greek name. Probably not as easy as Danica, but I'll spell it paul.iliopoulos at footballvictoria.com.au. But I'm, I'm, I'm on the website. I'm at all the functions. Tomorrow is a, is a good one. So um, you'll be there, George, and, and you know, we'll, we'll get a lot of us supporting that. Um, and then, yeah, from, from there on, George, I'm, uh, as I said, I'm, I'm very approachable and, and very sort of linked with yourself and, and the media to, to get hold of me. Fantastic. Uh, before I go, I caught up with you um, uh, by chance uh, just last week when a young boy who has been the number one ticket holder at Victory for, for a long, long time, um, he's now back and he's kicking goals. He's doing it in the restaurant trade. I'm talking about young George Columbaris. Uh, what have you made of Hellenic House Project at Hyatt? George, I love to look at the end of the day. Um, I believe that, that, that George has a great you know experience and product, right? So yep. whether it's Hyatt or, or somewhere else, you know, I think, you know, like myself, we'll, we'll support George. Um, you know, we'll go because he's got an amazing offering, um, an amazing product, is an amazing chef. Um, so I, I think he will do well. You know, I believe, I strongly believe that. And, and I was there, I mean, I, I live in Heidelberg, so I travelled all the way to Hyde to, <laughs> to give it a go and, and I loved it, right? And and just for FYI, uh, George Columbaris will be there tomorrow as well at the breakfast. So Is that right? Correct. So he'll be one of our special guests on the day. So we'll we'll try and pick his brain a little bit about you know that as well. Just don't ask him about the promo that we did for um, uh, Bridgestone Tires when he was number one ticket holder for the victory. I was number one ticket holder for City, and we went up in the balloon, and oh. it nearly took off his scalp. The the uh, the jet <laughs> the jet <laughs> burner was that close to it because we we're on a two man balloon not on a 20 or 30 man balloon. We had a lot of fun. He won the football, I won the fight. <laughs> I was going to say what did you discuss that high up in in a, you know, ask him tomorrow. Way? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll get you to ask him and then we'll have a laugh. <laughs> no worries at all. Uh for those of you that uh, want to get involved, uh, any any chance of anyone rocking up late? Um yeah, no problem. Um you know, you want to tell the you want to give them the address? Yeah, for sure. So it's um, 200 Gibbs Street, um, Ultra Football, um, Football Victoria Breakfast Networking event. Um, it will be between 7.15am to 9.15am um, and um, hosted by Michael Zapponi, which you probably know as well. Yeah, yeah. So Zappers it'll be a just, fun. Zappers is just back from overseas where he's had another fantastic story to tell. And I hope he gives us a, a bit of a background uh, tomorrow morning in the breakfast. He will. I pushed him to do that because I've been following him on social media and uh, he's he been looked doing a good like job. a bit of fun. Okay. 
Listen, thanks very much. A short notice for catching up with us. Uh, good luck uh, with the uh, breakfast tomorrow. We look forward to seeing you. And uh, more importantly, let's hope the uh, the season, the NPL season here is a beauty. There have been some terrific matches already and some interesting results. Will uh, uh, will your Heidelberg continue to play good football? Um, I think they all will. To, to be honest, just to finish up, because I know we have to finish up, I think the whole... From our perspective, George, MPLs is massive. The crowds have been really good. Um, the results have been great. But in general, the registrations for us and then just going a little bit back end yep. have just been enormous, probably record-breaking in, in, in wow. Victoria. So everyone wants to play the sport, everyone at, at every level from, you know, um, community to MPL to, you know, every age group. You know what that means, don't you? We have to find more grounds. Hundred percent. That, that's a different. That's a different discussion to have at another another, another session, time. George. Yeah, right, we'll, we'll talk council another time. Ronya, <laughs> all the very best. Paul Liliopoulos joining us on FNR's State of Our Football Nation. Uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, another special guest, a guy who did a tremendous job for me a long, long time ago. And whenever he's asked to do a job, he does it to the best of his ability. I'm talking about the man who made a huge impact as a striker in his days at South Melbourne, John Anastasiadis, and he'll be joining us right after the break. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Hello and welcome back to the State of Our Football Nation here on FNR with uh, me, Kyo Frimpong, and George Danikian. If you just missed uh, our previous interview, we just had Paul Iliopoulos from Football Victoria on but, uh, George, I, I'd let you introduce our next guest, a great guest to have here on the State of Our Football Nation. No, not only is he a great guest, he's a really good guy, and uh, he's done a tremendous job wherever he's gone. Uh, I remember many years ago, he was my first coach when I stepped into the role of president at South Melbourne, and he promised us that he would deliver the goods, and we were there or thereabouts. We had the youngest team, and uh, as he promised me, they were the fittest and we played some great games, and we drew some tremendous crowds. And this is the year after we were, you know, basically demoted from the old NSL. So it was a super exciting time. He's since gone on and done some tremendous things, being the giant killer, of course, in the uh, uh, in the old FFA Cup when he was coaching at Bentley Greens. Every time they played and got involved, they kept knocking over some of the bigger teams, Pakua. And then, of course, he was uh, headhunted by a, a mob called Western United, where he's just finished four years. But I get a feeling, I get a feeling John Anastasiadis wants to get back and be the head man again. Johnny Anastasiadis, welcome to the program. Thanks, George. It's great to be here. And um, uh, I tell you what, I haven't done this for four years. So if I throw a few... Uh... <laughs> Curlies. <laughs> Two Greek words in or something like that. Excuse, excuse me. No, so, listen, um, listen, I've got to get used to it again. Pakur has got this big ruler. And, and as I said to her, whatever you feel, Pakur, you need to do, you go ahead and do it. But she's a huge fan. And she's also the, uh, the, one, the one member of staff at FNR that said to me, watch out for the Western United women team at the very beginning before they started playing. That, that yeah. fabulous football they played throughout the season and were so unfortunate not to finish it off. Um, what what have you made of the last four years? Has it been a journey for you? 
Yeah, it's been a it's been a journey. Definitely after um, you know leaving the NPL and um, with Bentley, uh, this was a, a whole new ball game, a whole new ball game. Uh, the A League definitely is another level, and um, you know we we've had four years. I reckon I've done nearly everything um, in terms of having a good season, have not having a so not so good season, winning the championship, and then again, not have, just missing out on the finals this year, especially. So, uh, you know, then COVID was in between. So we, we've been through a lot in four years. But, um, you know, the club's come a long way since then, uh, since the first the first day we, we, we got together in 2019. And, uh, you know, it's uh, hopefully now, you know, I've, I, I, like you said, for me, my, my journey stopped here at um, at, uh, at West United because, you know, the plan was obviously to be the head coach at some stage, but sometimes a plan doesn't go to plan. And, um, you know, you have to uh, you have to make you know, hard decisions and I, and I made a very hard decision to leave, uh, to leave West United because they're fantastic people there. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it and um, made some lifelong friends, which is good. Uh, and basically, um, you know, they gave me that opportunity, and, and I'd, like to, I'd like to thank them for that uh, from the from the bottom of my heart. They gave me the opportunity to be in the A League, and uh, but you know, ultimately, I, I, I'm at an age now where I've got to think about what do I want to do in in, in elite football. And uh, you know, uh, my view is that I wanted to be a head coach. I couldn't be head coach at uh, at Western United because obviously, you know. Um, uh, Johnny Aloisi is there and he's done well. So, um, and he's a great bloke. Thank him wrong. He's a fantastic fellow, uh, Johnny. And uh, you know, I had a, had a great time there. Learned a lot, so it was, was pretty good. But you know, for me, I think I'm I'm, I'm ready now to uh, to definitely get into the role of, of head coach again in the A League. Um, so, you know, the decision was made, and uh, with my family and that. So we 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 we, we said, look, you know, let's see what happens and. Um, and we'll just wait and see now, George, and uh, hopefully something comes uh, comes quickly. Uh, I've just got. I just want to ask you, Johnny, just to go back to your time at Western United. Something that I've really admired about Western United when I've been around, when I've gone to see the men's training or even the women's training, is such a great culture amongst the, the staff and even the players as well there. And I wonder, with a club that's just relatively new to the competition, how do you establish that and create such a good club culture in? Where you all are pushing in the same direction. You say was about bringing in the right people. So the club, um, you know, they they had the values at the start, which was uh, you know obviously growth, effort, and and things like that. So and togetherness. Um, so we we took those three values and uh, and built the team around it uh, with with the players also uh, and the staff. So. And you know that that came in the first year, and obviously COVID even brought us closer because we were actually in a hub for seven weeks in in um, in Sydney, so that even brought brought us even closer. So, and from that you just continue it on, and um, you know obviously after Mark Rudin left, then uh, the club, you know ultimately went with John Aloisi and John's values. I think we're in in, in the same direction as as the club's values, and obviously you know John's brought in respect on top of that. So. Um, you know, and everyone's everyone's pulling in the same way, and, and anyone who who didn't, you know, you see they they fall by the fall by the wayside, simple as that. So, but uh, you know, we've we've had nearly the same squad for quite a few years now, and I know there's a there's a big 
Um, next year will be you know, a totally different ball game because we've got a whole heap of new players. And but definitely the players that will come in um, have to align with those values. Otherwise, uh, they won't be uh, taken in. Uh, Johnny, one man who featured for much of that time and who brought enormous joy for real football fans was a guy called Alessandro Diamante, the diamond. Um, was he as remarkable for you uh, being inside the, the camp as he was for us? I, I couldn't believe his energy. And we're talking about a guy who really could have come to the A-League half a dozen years earlier for victory, but the powers that be at the time thought he didn't have enough credentials, enough yeah. on the CV, which was uh, born. Now, now, on reflection, it looks like a really stupid decision. Yeah. Uh, but the guy, the, the guy came, and like um, um, all the, uh, many of the, the great stars that have come from overseas, they've put their reputation on the line, and he did that too, didn't he? Yes, he did, George. And um, you know, it's it's funny to say that Alessandro has been here the longest he's ever been at a club. That's wow. three years. Wow! So that shows the the actual club itself what it's about. You know, so someone like that who's a uh, you know he's guys played in World Cup, guys scores and scored in you know World Cup for his national team and played some from massive teams in in, in Europe. So for, for Victory not to actually see that it doesn't suit the credentials doesn't make sense but anyway that's their loss and uh, our gain I suppose and, and hopefully it was a, it was Australia football's gain you know I was going to say the thing that fascinates me listening and, and, and reading up about Alessandro and you can validate this um, he, he has no compunction uh, to tell people about his early days and how he had not a, an idea about being a professional he thought, because I'm the best of the bunch here, all I've got to do is roll up. And he says, and he admits, that he lost four years until he ran into a coach, I think when he was 23, who said to him, now listen, young man, you, you're 23, but you can still have an unbelievable career if you're prepared to do this, this, and this. And if you come on board, I'll back you. And from that moment on, the man that you just spoke about became a special player, a very special player. Yep, and, and I think through those learnings that he had early on, he actually translates that to the to the to the young boys of today. So if he sees a boy that's you know mucking around, mucking around, or not not on the, on the straight and narrow, then he definitely puts him on the straight and narrow. And he was a big personality in our dressing room, um, big character. Uh, you know, he's he's all about being positive and uh, positive mindset and positive vibes, as he as he calls it. And um, you know, he's he was always a, a happy fella. He was always happy. Tremendous. <laughs> That's what Tremendous. we saw anyway. We always yeah, always yeah, yeah. happy. Yeah. So nothing phased him. Yeah, there were always issues within the club, and that happens within the family. But yeah, yeah, you know, you, you you get over them quickly. So, but uh, look, he's he's. Uh, he, I, I remember when we we actually. Um, uh, sort of looked looked into him when uh, when the club first formed, and I remember Rudes actually said, "No, nah, he's 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 past it, you know." So we're not <laughs> so I said, "Okay, good. No, that's all right." I mean, we we, we just uh, you know we, we looked at a lot of players before the season started, but then 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 we realised that you know what we're not going to get what we wanted, so we sort of said, "Let's get let's let's go back to let's visit Diamante and." Um, yeah, lo and behold, it was probably the, a very wise decision to get him. And uh, 
yeah, look, he set the scene alight, especially in the first year. He was he was enormous. He suffered a uh, you know an injury last year, which uh, this is the, this is the knee injury, is it? The knee injury, the knee yeah. injury, yeah. yeah. And uh, and this year, look, he played his part. You know, he, he won us two games of of you know last minute and a sensational goal against Sydney. Uh, only only someone like him could actually see that seriously. Um, and it was funny because if you go back to his games, George, you'll see he tries that once a game. So if you really try that, yeah. So if you if you're if you're a a goalkeeper, you want to be off your line. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> uh, that's the type of person he was. But uh, yeah, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure coaching him. Pleasure being around him, and uh, you know, wish him all the best in his uh, in his next chapter of, of, of football. You know, I remember Orlando Engelar, the Dutchman, yes, playing for City under Johnny A. Yeah, uh, the other Johnny A. Johnny Aloisi, yes. and uh, in fact. I take that back. Aloisi brought him to Australia, That's right. and he got injured in a in a in a, a preseason game, broke a leg, and and wasn't available for about fifteen weeks. And Johnny lost his job because he and Jonathan Hermano, who was the other recruit that Johnny yeah. brought in, both of them weren't could not play. Yeah. And the week that they both turned on and came on the pitch. Uh, John von Schipp had taken over at, at City, yeah. and Johnny had gone, and out of nowhere, Orlando Engelar scores this goal from about fifty-eight yeah. meters. You know, yeah. George, I and think the whole uh, crowd's just. I think Lockie's got that as a screensaver. I think Lockie looks at that video at least once a, once a, every, every every day. <laughs> Talks about well, it a lot. It's, it's no, breathtaking. It's breathtaking. Mag- Mag- yeah, I remember that goal. I remember that was magnificent, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, they're good. They're good moments for the game. Good moments that people never forget. Oh, that's right. It, it, it's like the scorpion kick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, yeah. I mean, to this day, uh, Pakua still says, I, I want to do a scorpion kick. I don't think yeah. I and the only other person, just... And the only yeah. other person who ever, has ever done a scorpion kick is a former Arsenal player. Yeah. It's not happening for me. He now plays for Paris Saint-Germain. It's not, it's not going to happen for me, George. I think I need to do some yoga if I'm ever going to pull that off. And I don't think it's going to happen <laughs> for me. But uh, Johnny Anastasiades is our guest. Pakura, have you got a question? Yeah, Johnny, I was going to ask you, you were speaking about earlier about but wanting to still obviously make, keep coaching. Would you, in terms of... Is the A League where you're looking, or are you looking? Would you go interstate? Like, how is that your thought process behind that? Can you share that with us? Yeah, look, I definitely want to try and be in the in the, in the top echelon of football, and and that is the A League at the moment. And it doesn't worry me if it's interstate. Um, definitely doesn't worry me. My, my kids are old enough now; they're they're in the twenties, so <laughs> we don't have to drag them around everywhere. And um, so. Um, yeah, for me it's, it's not a problem to, to to go to go into state, especially in, in the high league. But again, you know, sometimes uh, beggars can't be choosers. So we're uh, we're, um, we're we'll look at everything that comes our way at the moment. Um, but definitely, uh, I think I've got I've got what it takes to be in the in the top league. Uh, what was uh, what have you? What's the one big learning that you've had in that four years that you've that you saw that you needed to bring on board from your time at Bentley Greens, where you were tremendously successful with a bunch of young players? And um, I noticed your goalkeeper from Bentley Greens is doing and has had a tremendous season for the Western Sydney Wanderers. Yeah, look, we're, we're uh, what I learned uh, tactically. I think. 
I've learned a lot throughout the four years. Um, yep. Because both both coaches I I had were, you know, one one played a different system, or both played different systems to what I normally play. So it was interesting to see what type of things they do with their system. Um, the defensive part, George, I could say tactically, was something that I learned a lot, especially this year and last year. So, um, you know, on certain situations. But again, you put, I, I, if I go into coaching and, and, and start coaching again, I'll put my twist on it. It's not exactly that, but you've learned from that and it actually, it does work at times. So, um, uh, look, uh, apart from that, there's you're dealing with, uh, are professional footballers, professional people, um, and they all have a button, especially in, in in this profession, and they all have issues, and they all, you know, they all have something going on. So you've you've got to be you've got to be ready as a coach to uh, embrace that. You've got to embrace it, and you're actually got to help whatever situation the person's in because you want to get the best out of him. Or her, depends what you do. Uh, you know, especially when when they play on on to play the games, especially. So you want them to be at their peak at any time, and and whatever things that do bother them, that you take that on your back. You, you so you don't want them to worry about it. You want them to to actually concentrate on, on on producing the best, especially in game time. So for me, that that was a lot of learnings through the managing style of of uh, of, of football. You know, so so man management. Has 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 taken on a different flavour for you now. You understand. You you understand. You have to be more than the father figure. You have to be the father confessor, the mate, the the um, the the next door neighbour. Listen to everybody and, and bring them on board and and help them. Yeah. Uh, not rid the, of the demons, but be able to play with the demons. Well, George, the yeah. world has changed. The world has changed. We know yeah. that. It's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. the olden days. You know, in the olden days, you know, when we used to play and the coach used to scream and, and kick us and you know, kick us up the backside and get on get on with it, you know. Now it's not like that. It's different. It's it's a whole whole new ball game. So you've had to you've you've had you have to evolve. If you don't, don't evolve, um, you'll get left behind. No doubt. Uh, Western United have had access to some wonderfully talented young players. Uh, have you got a, a a a book, a little green book or a black book or a white book? putting down players that you think could fit and play in your system going forward? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, I, I like I like speed uh, in, in my system. So, you know, some, some good players have come through the ranks and they're still, they're still at the club at the moment. So they'll, they're, they're quite good. And the, this year we had we saw the emergence of, um, you know, Noah Bodic, who yes. plays good number nine. And I believe that he's the next... Hope of our of 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 our number nines in in Australia. He's you know we had the Vadukas of the world and so on, and uh, I think Noah's um, got the right attitude. Um, he's got his head screwed on properly. He works hard, and I think he can be he, uh, he can be the next one coming through. Uh, Johnny A, uh, t- when you have a young talent like that, um, you were a striker. You loved scoring goals. Johnny Aloisi also loved scoring goals. Did this young man access both of you? Pick your yes, brains he whenever he could. Yes, he did. He did. He did a lot, and, and and that's that's why when you see someone like that, when you when you when you get a person like that coming up to you and asking you questions, and and um, you know how to how to have his body shape and so on, and, and how to receive the ball, um, 
you know that he's on he's on the right track. So he, he wants to learn. He and 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 people who want to learn uh, will will get better. Simple as that. And, you know, there's some people out there think, and some players think they they know everything. Well, you, you don't. You don't. I've learned that lesson as a coach. I thought I knew everything. <laughs> far, far, far from it. Far from it. Um, you know, you learn every day, and uh, boys like him who who ask. And we, we had we had a really good bunch of young boys, and we still the club still does, and they all want to learn. They all want to learn, and you know they they work hard. They're good characters, and uh, I think the club's uh, got some good boys uh, coming through. Uh, uh, Topo Stanley, um, uh, Lacroix, are the young ones picking their brains. I believe they are. I believe, look, in the dressing room, you know, they have their, they have their um, you know, they talk to them, especially someone like Topper, Topper Stanley, who's a, a fantastic role model. Yeah, yeah, he's played he's, at so many clubs. Yeah. He's he's just a brilliant person too, and uh, I think the boys the boys loved him and learnt a lot from him, and you know, he he actually guided quite a few young fellas, and uh, you know, Leo, Leo's Leo's in, in international, so they saw Leo last not not so much this year, but the last year when we won the championships, he was he was the, one of the best. Defenders in the league, so he, no doubt that a lot of the uh, the young boys uh, would have asked a few questions, um, and, uh, and and no doubt they would have given them that advice because that's the type of uh, people they are. Uh, now we're, we're just thinking. Uh, yesterday we saw from Football Australia the announcement that um, the cull had started for the national second division, and suddenly we've got twenty six clubs. And uh, this means now that we're getting inching our way ever closer to a national second division. What are your thoughts on that? And does that um, uh, excite you uh, from the point of view of uh, being able to grab a club, some of the grand old clubs, or maybe one of the brand new clubs and saying to them, you know what, we need a journey. Uh, We'll need three or four years. But if if we start it now, we can get it done. What are your thoughts? Is that something that appeals to you? That journey? Um, absolutely, absolutely appeals to me, George. But if I go back to your first point about am I am I thrilled about it? I'm, I'm definitely thrilled about this this B League. It has to happen. Yeah. It has to happen. Simple. Explain to us why, from I, a coach. I, explain from a coach's perspective from why coach, it has to happen. It has to happen because it's it's gonna it's got to help the A League. The the A League. Uh, it, it hasn't got that the, the 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 talent pool that some other countries have. So through the B League, where some player who's um, probably on the fringe of an A League team or just in, in there thereabouts, he can play in that second division, play well, gain that experience, and then eventually get go to the A League. And I'm not saying that the B League is going to be a development league, but it can help enhance the top league. With that, on the flip side, it can also help. The B League, so the standard will go will be higher. So I think this B League, it's been you know it's been in the pipeline for quite a few years. I reckon someone's taken the uh, uh, the bull by the horns and said we, we've got to run with this. We're we're we're, we're going to get this done. And uh, I'm so happy the the uh, federation have, and it will give a lot of opportunities to coaches, a lot of opportunities to players, um, and. I think it it only it only get better. Yeah, there will be teething problems at the start, and that's normal. But what's really good about it, George, is that they had thirty two teams at at the first applicants. I suppose the first right. applicants were thirty two first series. Yes, and, that's and, right. and they've come down to twenty six. That's a big number, George. That's a real good number. If they had to come down to ten from the first round to the second round, I would have said mm, 
problems. But to come down from 32 to 26, I think that shows that we're serious about this. The clubs are serious about this. And uh, I think this is uh, probably a historic moment in Australian football if this gets done, uh, which they're saying it will be. And the first game will be kicked uh, kick off kick off in March 2024. So I think it'll be it'll be uh, sensational for the game in general. Some of the names, some of those clubs that have been named in that final 26, you know them well. You've either played against them or you played for them. Yeah. Does that excite you as well? Because the one thing we've been saying for the better part of the last 15 years is these clubs should never have been denied access. It's happened. Now there's a way back or there's a way forward. Let's, let's look at it that way rather than always look yeah. back. Let's, it's a way forward. Your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly right. They, these clubs should never have been alienated in the start. Maybe it could have been better managed in some sort of way and, I don't know, talked to properly instead of just being thrown to the wolves from the start because they kept the game going. They kept the game alive. And just to throw them out and now start a new entities and all that sort of stuff, I thought it was wrong at the start. But, you know, it's been a long time. Uh, they've been patient. These clubs have been building their clubs um, and now they're, they're ready and the game's ready for it. Now, in, in hopefully three to five years where they're going to have promotion relegation, you know, this is, this is what it's all about. And it, it, it'll spice up the league because, you know, there's some look, there's not enough scrutiny in the A-League, George. There's not enough scrutiny. Like if you go to the EPL or the Greek League or the Italian League or the European League, you, you get scrutinised even the way you walk. Here, it's, it's, it's okay to lose. Well, it's not, it's not okay to lose. Have the, have the second division which has run well and, and, and going well, it'll put pressure onto these other teams in the A-League to do better, and then you'll have a better competition. Because you know what? If you don't do better, then you'll be relegated. So you have that, that spice up too. Speaking of spice, a Women's World Cup, the biggest sporting event for women in the world. Yes. It's happening in Australia and New Zealand, July and August of this year. you think it's going to be bigger than people imagine? I think I think people, especially the Australian public, will be blown away. They won't. They won't. They don't know how big a World Cup is. They've never, they've always seen it and heard about it. Now it's on your doorstep. They'll see what the World Cup's about. What, how big this game is. People in this country who and we know the. Well, I'll put them as enemies. <laughs> the knockers, the knockers, the knockers. We'll put it as knockers, George. Yeah, That's yeah, a better yeah, way. Yeah. Yep. Um, they'll see how big, how big this game is, and especially you know the, the way the women's grown, the women's game has grown phenomenally. And you know, I watched a, 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 quite a bit of the the previous World Cup, and some some excellent teams, excellent teams. And the teams that are weaker, they'll get better, George. They'll get better because they're seeing that there's a lot more money coming into the game for the women, uh, which they should rightly show. And um, you, you can only get better. And uh, it, it'll be, a, I think, it'll be a fantastic tournament. And and hopefully it, it flows through through from grassroots to the top um, for for men and women, not just for for the women. And I know the men will benefit from it too. And hopefully one day we get the men's World Cup because Australia is capable of uh, hosting big events. Yeah, uh, you may have gathered, Pakua. He does. He does get excited. Yeah, he does. You know, I was going to say, I think John brought up a really good point. I I think that a lot of people forget that 
if women's football is successful in this country, it translates to men's football being successful as well. And and I think that they they have in the past not been a, a really nice symbiotic relationship. It's been, you know, either women's football does well or men's football does well or, you know, but they feed into each other because more kids are playing and more interest, more eyeballs. <coughs> and, you know, if they get more female viewers, they go to more men's games as well and, you know, the other way as well. So I look forward to the the Women's World Cup. But, John, I want to ask you, obviously you've got such a, a great history in the MPL. Have you been watching it? Or have, is there any teams that you're, you're liking, any standout players? It's a good question, but unfortunately I haven't been been able to get around to watch a few games. And But um, obviously, you know, watching, you know, Avondale doing well this year and, and South Melbourne, obviously. But I haven't been watching it as much as um, I, I would have liked because our season – you know, starts early, then it then it sort of <laughs> you know sort of goes through, and then by the time by the time we're, uh, we're we uh, we have time off, we get we have a bit of a holiday, then we go overseas, whatever. Then when we come back, the NPL season's finished. So haven't had much to do with it in the past uh, two or three years, especially. But um, always always looking at who's who's doing well in the in in, in Victoria, and um, yeah, obviously you know the Avondales and South Melbournes of the world and. Yeah, my team Bentley, yeah, struggling a little bit at the moment. So hopefully they'll uh, they can find themselves and um, you know stay in the league this year and and, and build for for next year because um, yeah, it'll be it'll be a shame. I just want to ask. You, sorry, go ahead. No, no I was just going to ask you before you, you because you're talking about how the the seasons that don't align. Do you think that's the next step in the football in this country for all of the seasons to to be aligned and so we have like a, an actual football calendar that you know makes sense. Yeah, I think eventually that that will happen. I think that's the uh, uh, J- James Johnson, the CEO of of, uh, of Football Australia, wants wants that to happen. Eventually, some shows that all all the all the champ- all the you know the, the men's games and women's games will align with each other. So A League and so on, and second division, NPL, whatever, they'll all align because everyone's afraid. Oh, the AFL and the NRL. At the end of the day, the NFL, NFL, NRL. And the AFL, they, they, they've always been there. So, and 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 I don't know what we're scared of. It's not as if they're going to take any supporters away from us or things like that. So, for me, um, it has to has to align. It's 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 because I'll tell you why. And, and another really important reason is, and I've seen it from first hand, obviously, the the standard of football of the A League in summer is lower because it's too hot. It's far too hot. I'm telling you. You can't run, and and we're asking for the players a lot, you know, to run in thirty-four degree heat. It's not that easy, I'm telling you. So I think it's better that um, that we eventually get to the, you know, to the to the winter because it's a winter sport. So hopefully that'll happen. Uh, John Anastasia, this is our special guest on State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Uh, Pakur Frimpong is in the studio running the the show, and I'm in the uh, via Zoom out of Port Melbourne. Uh, Johnny A, there are a couple of young boys. Yeah, I can say that because you know them. Uh, young Musket, bit of a troublemaker when he when he when he was on the pitch, and a young guy called Ange Postacoglu. They're doing okay. Yeah, they're doing very well. And uh, look, you know, are you, pr- you, are you proud of them? Oh, look, it's 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 sensational to see how well they're doing. It's, uh, you know, it's. Um, 
uh, you know, Andrew's my mentor and, you know, I played under him um, at, at South Melbourne for four years and we, we were very successful with him. Um, and you could tell from there that he was already primed to be a, 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 an Success. elite coach. An elite coach, yeah, and you know, because he had a passion for the game, had a passion for for, for coaching, and uh, look, he's gone to another level now. He's gone to another level, and he's you know back to back with one of the biggest clubs in, in Europe, in, in Celtic, and um, I reckon it won't be long before he's in the EPL, which is unbelievable. Is their success uh, also good news for Australia? Of course, it is. the fact that Muscat is succeeding. Yeah. And, yeah. and and of course, Ange. Yeah. Oh, look, there's no doubt. Yeah, but then you've also got Patrick Isnorbo too now. Yeah? Oh, yes, Patrick in, in uh, Twa. Okay, he, yeah, hasn't had, he hasn't had, he's had a bit of a baptism of fire at the moment, but he'll learn from it and I think he'll become a better coach from it, no doubt. Because, okay. you know, Muskie was in Belgium, didn't do well, and left and went to Japan. So he's, he's had a bit of a journey too, but he's doing well in Japan. And then I reckon he's next to go again back into Europe. Um, Ange went another 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 way. He went to, through Japan first and into into Europe. So he he, he actually you know his his progress and his his journey has been a bit better because he's gone to a, a league where he's actually you know done really well in the Japanese league. Then gone to um, to Scotland where okay it's not the best league, but he's got the he's got the best team and he's made him the best team that Scottish football has seen for quite a while. And, yeah, that's. Uh, He's, he's they've been exhilarating to watch. Unbelievable. No unbelievable. Some of the football they're playing is, you know what, uh, every team he plays, they've got 80% possession. You yeah. know, it's, it's, to score 105 goals, George, 105 goals, that's that's phenomenal. To lose only one game out of, what, 36 games or 30, that's that's incredible. I think Ange, he wants to conquer the, the Champions League, I believe. Yeah. Yes. And that's why I think... The EPL may take a little bit of a back seat for now because I think he wants to conquer the uh, the Champions League with, through uh, through Celtic through, through his Celtic. In, okay through Celtic. he's been very smart um, because he as he's as you touched on earlier as a coach you're always looking at players when he was in Japan he picked the eye teeth out of the talent didn't he that's right, that's right. and he knew how that how how he could bring them and which of them would be able to make the transition without being lost because some players, they play overseas and the cultural um, challenge is too great. Uh, They get homesick and you lose them. And you've been there. You know what that's about when you were playing overseas. You know how tough it is. Every time you want to play, you're suddenly the enemy because you're taking a job away from the local, aren't you? That's right. That's right. Look, his recruitment has been spot on. He's exactly he knows exactly what he wants, and he's got those players in Japan. He could probably couldn't find those players in Scotland or in Europe. Well, they probably are in Europe, but they're probably worth ten times, 10 times as much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. So that's the other thing. Done, he's also done good business apart yeah. from with a brilliant team. He's done great business because these players now, some of them, uh, you know, they're throwing. I've been hearing you know fifteen million pounds here, and where he's bought the player for three. So yeah, yeah. he's made some. He's made some some very shrewd. Uh, recruit recruitment in terms of business also. What do you make of the business that Brighton has done in the EPL? Uh, they 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 have grabbed a bundle of players yeah. for next to nothing in in EPL terms, and yeah. again they're playing a brand of football that really is exhilarating. Look, <clears throat> you know what, George? I, I I read about the Brighton thing, and um, 
it was in the paper something the other day yep. Yep. on the line somewhere, and it was quite extraordinary what what, what they've done. It, quite extraordinary. I, I look at it though, George, and I was thinking about. It, I said, "What about if it went the other way? Uh-huh. What about if it didn't go as well? What happens there?" So there is an element of risk, but you know what, George? Life's full of risks. So yeah, you got to dare. You got to dare to win. Hundred percent. And you yeah. know what? They they believed in that in the system they got. They believed in the in the um, the scouting, Brighton. They got this unbelievable scouting. And they believed all, the, and, and and they got this good database and all this software and all that. I was reading about, which is unbelievable. And through that, they got the right players for the right price. And now they're probably going to do what Ange's done to Celtic, and they're going to start selling players for ten times the amount again. So, wow. good luck to them. And it's uh, and I think a lot of clubs will be doing will do will follow this this road. I reckon from now on, George. To be honest, you what what have you learned with sports science that's come on in the time you've been a coach? Yeah, look, sports science is is has its um, has its position. I'm a bit old school, George. I like to do things out on the pitch, not with a <laughs> laptop. So, um, but uh, look, it, it does help. It, it no doubt, you know, the loading of the players, and you know, we watch what you know, how much how much how many Ks have done during the game, and how much uh, in in, in is that in real time? Are you watching them in real time? We, we watch them in real time. Yes. Wow! 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 So is that part of the assistant coach, what you're doing at, during a game? You're monitoring those things or are there other people who do that? No, there are other, the, the S&C people or the strength and conditioning people who are doing that. So they're all wearing GPSs now. Yeah. Yep. So we've got all that all that information. Um, uh, look, sometimes it, it's not it, – we'd get it after the game, but you know, sometimes we sort of get live to see where, where the purpose wow. was. You don't want to overload a player also because if you see a player's doing – 10 sprints and you're supposed to only do three, then you've got to tell him, relax a bit because you're going to start putting hamstrings in there. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Johnny but, A, uh, before we go, yeah. uh, are you a Ted Lasso fan? I've watched a bit of it, uh, George. Yeah, I've watched a bit of it. watched a bit of it, yeah. What have you made of it? Yeah, look, I, I mean, it's... Um, it's... Yeah, some of the stuff is okay. Some of the stuff yeah, is, yeah, is yeah, okay. Yeah. Some, some, you, you can relate to some of the stuff here, yeah, no doubt. I think but, the um, I, I think the human nature stuff has yeah, the been human nature is good. It's human, been lovely. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's 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 been it's good. But uh, again, George, I'm a little bit old school. Is that uh, the, the coach is the boss? Yeah. Players, the players, they'll they'll only look at a coach. They'll look at the coach what he says, and you you players can't do what. They want to do. They can't run the show, and I'm saying the, the coach and the coach doesn't run the show, but he sort of guides the players to be able to get them to play to the best of the abilities to actually win games. And um, that's how I see coaching. Anyway, I, I like to see that you know what I'm here for you guys, but without you guys, I'm nothing. Yeah. So it's a partnership. So that's it's it. a partnership. That's it. Uh, Johnny Anastasiadis has been our special guest. Uh, Pakur, anything you want to add before we go and. Uh... Give Johnny a, a, an early mark, or do you have another question for him? No, I was just, uh, I was just gonna say. Obviously, with uh, Western United's women's team, what was the was the dynamic like? Was there a strong relationship between the, the men's coaching staff and the women's coaching staff? Or how how did that kind of dynamic work? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. Um, we, we we our offices were very close with the uh, the, the women's um, women's team and uh, or the women's coaches. And uh, Mark Tacasio and Amanda Stella there, they were, they were there. They were. So um, 
they always would come and watch us train, no doubt. And and Mark, who's who had Calder, I think prior to that, um, he, he he was also shown, shown a lot of interest. Um, I think they would he would have had a lot of talks with John Aloisi uh, and asked him, you know, some advice and you know, obviously learning from that. So, um, and obviously Amanda ran 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 the uh, the administrative part of it. So. Uh, she was involved a lot too, but I, I think the women's team has set its mark now. They're the runners up, the second best in the league. Okay, Sydney were very good, but that, Sydney's been in the league for for a lot more years than than Western United. And I think uh, you know the the future's there for them, and hopefully they'll just get bigger and better. Uh, well, Johnny A, that's a great note to leave you on. Uh, we wish you every success going forward. And if there's a club looking for a new manager or a new coach. <laughs> They, they they need to look at uh, Johnny Anastasiades because not only have you served sure. your your time, uh, you've put in uh, the hard yards where it mattered most and always delivered. We thank you very much for joining us. And, uh, thank you for having me, George. Yeah. Thank you for thank having you, me. Mate. Appreciate it. All right. Pleasure. Bye-bye. There you go, Pakur, one of the nice guys, but also one of the guys who has proven himself time and time again. Um, before we go, uh, any ideas on who might win this week? Your, your choices have been almost legendary throughout the year. Who's going to win in on the, the weekend? In the A-League or...? In the A-League, madame, yes. Oh, George, I'm not... Okay, let me, let me, get, let me get these. This, uh, the game I is... know you like, you like firing a bullet just before we close it. <laughs> no, you know, I'm, I, just, I just don't want to be wrong. You know, I've, I've had such a good streak. I just don't want to be You wrong. have. You're, that's the thing. I, I'm hoping that I can get you to sort of crack... Yeah. yeah, just to miss one, yeah? Uh, I'm going to go with, I'll go Melbourne City. Melbourne Ooh. City tomorrow. I'll go Melbourne City tomorrow. Yes. And okay. They're I'm playing gonna, Sydney yeah, away playing Sydney. from home. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then, and who wins the other one? I'm going to go, I think this one's going to be really close. I think we could see potentially, I think it's going to be either high, extremely high scoring or we're going to go extra time, but I'll go with Whoa. Central Coast. I'll go with Central Coast. Central Casement, Nick Montgomery's team yep. to upset the Reds. Yep, so the Reds. That's it. That's how I'll go with. Uh, Nick Nick Montgomery and that team have, have been terrific for us and we wish them every success. They've been a terrific uh, and exciting platform and uh, their fans have got right behind them, haven't they? They certainly have. And I think it's one of the things that I've really loved about this season um, is all the fans getting involved, especially with Adelaide and Central Coast. Those fan bases growing, and and I think it's the the key to Australian football growing. Hundred percent, I'm with you. Until next week. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR.